Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bicoastal Besties. I'm Michaela. AJ. And this is a podcast where our distance does not stunt our growth. And I am so excited to be back on the podcast with my bestie. We spent some time together in St. Louis, but obviously my neck didn't like it. And I just survived a very interesting injury. Whatever the hell that was, I couldn't move my neck for like two days or like a week. But anyways, I wanted to get right into our homework that we had on our last after show. Um, if you didn't listen to it, it's the love of verb um, after show. And we were talking about our perfect love combinations. And okay, I wanted to start with mine because I already know mine, period. So mine is Eros and pragma and I'm gonna bring up the definition of both of them so you guys can know kind of my perfect love combo and this is like romantic like love so eros is an erotic style of loving in which a person can feel consumed and physical chemistry and emotional involvement are important to this type of lover and also pragma is a style of love that emphasizes the practical aspects of love. So the pragmatic lover considers compatibility and sensibility of their choice of partners. So this level, this lover will be concerned with goals in life, status, family reputation, attitudes, parenting, career issues, and other practical concerns. Now, I think, I have a slight guess on AJ's. I think her perfect love combo is Dorge and Pragma. So I'm curious what she thinks, because, okay, so you guys already know what Pragma is, but let me tell you what Storge is. So Storge, I hope I'm saying that right, by the way, is a style of love that develops slowly over time, and it often begins as a friendship and becomes sexual later, and these partners are likely to remain friends after the breakup. I think that's perfect to describe the type of love you would want. I think that's actually very accurate. I know. That, yeah, because my biggest thing is I like to feel close to people. And I said that on our love episode. So yeah, that one's spot on. And what was the other one you thought it was? Pragma. So the same one as mine. Oh, duh. Of course, we're the same. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I was like, I think I just value sex much more. Because like, I just think being friends with somebody and then turning into a sexual relationship is so backwards to me. Like, if we have sexual chemistry, cool. Then we can focus on being friends afterward. But I'm not gonna be friends with you and then see if we have sexual chemistry because that just doesn't work for me. I don't- Really? I don't like that idea. I feel like it's like predatory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do. I feel like it's weird. I don't like that. Like, I feel like you're only being friends with me so you can fuck me down the line. But not in your case, of course. Huh. I don't know. I feel like that kind of is where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, and because thing, like, it works for you though. It does work for me because yeah, you are way more sexual than me. Like I could, <laughs> I could have a friendship for like years and still never like touch them or even think about anything sexual. Cause my biggest thing is I like to feel close and yeah. like, it's often that I don't get to the point where I feel close enough with somebody to even get there. So that's why like, right? That's like crazy. I have I'm to like feel like, opposite. I have to feel like we're literally like soul bonded for me to have sex with you. <laughs> like I love nothing, that. 
like nothing about you will excite me down there um so yeah that's so funny because I was thinking about this the other day I was like yeah I, I can't imagine not having sex with somebody but that's the thing too I don't feel like sex is the only thing for me but I feel like it's so important to me that if that's not there we're not gonna click and that's really? the reason I've had so many fuck buddies too like I only I haven't found a good balance between the two like he can't talk about shit he has anger problems but he's very dominant I like that <laughs> uh, I'm like I can't see myself having sex with you <laughs> That I was like, it shows our differences, but I was like, I think we have pragma like down. Like we need to be able to talk to you about very important things. Like we can be all cool, buddy, buddy, but and we can be cool in the sheets, but if we can't talk about nothing, like there's no basis of a foundation here. Right. But on top of that, the fact that I got it right, I mean, it just shows how much I know you and how much I'm getting to know you. But in this episode, I wanted to get into you as a person. So this is a little Q&A about AJ. I'm so excited. She actually has seen some of these questions, but I've given, I'll let her see 20 questions, but she's only going to answer 10. So let's get right into it. Are you ready? I am ready, but also let's um, give them some preface on why we're doing a QA. and a Yes, we need a um, preface. So we're doing a Q&A because we talk about these topics um, that are very intimate to us, but then one day we sat down and thought, well, these people don't really know us. Like there's a few of our listeners that are like our core listeners that are like our best friends as well. Um, but there are a lot of people that are starting to tune in um, to just observe us and like see our growth that don't that like aren't too locked into who we are as people um, right. outside of these situations, examples, and conversations. So we just wanted you guys to know a little deeper into us. Yes. And this, like I said, is all about AJ. I think there's going to be another episode just all about me or however we decide to put it. But I think, yeah, we're just going to focus on AJ today and her wonderfulness. Okay. So first question. And if you don't know AJ, she is a bit more interested in philosophy. So that's a little bit where the questions are headed. So first one is already a toughie for you, like a level two-ish. Do you believe that there is a power greater than humanity? Ooh, damn. What happened to the where, where'd I grow up at? No, 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 no. <laughs> Because we tried this once before and she was like, these are the questions. I was like, oh, honey, please know if you want more, I can give you so much more. <laughs> Do I I'm think like, there? <laughs> I don't care where you were, where, where you were raised. I want to know if you believe in the <laughs> power of humanity. Let me know. Okay. So is this talking about like, is this like the God thing? It can be the God Just thing or it can be whatever you take it as. So honestly, I think that humanity is the most powerful because we're what drives what's in actuality at the moment. Mm -hmm. So while like there are gods and there are ideas out there that we lean on to for support and for guidance, I think overall humanity is what's going, what's always the main driver so that's like what's innate in you like your subconscious 
and your conscious and your id and your ego like those are the things i feel like people need to focus on perfecting more than what god they claim or mm. what spiritual being you know they mm -hmm. want to hold ties to so i think humanity is the greatest force gotcha so no exactly no ex like existential ex power just the internal power of humanity ourselves if that makes sense oh that's hard actually that's hard i know <laughs> i think the power of humanity is what matters the most but i think the existential powers are what's most influential mm. so, so it's kind of both that's because good. like because I could literally pour my heart out to you on why you should do these things and why this is important, but it's not going to hit as much as if you believe something that was written in whatever BC, you know? You know yeah. how people are, so yeah, it's a mix of both. That's very interesting. So with that, do you think you're more religious or more spiritual and why? I'm definitely more spiritual just because I don't hold ties to anything concrete mm -hmm. so I think that things are always moving and changing and I feel like that's what you know the metaphysical world is um nothing's absolute and I think a lot of things are down to interpretation whereas um religiously a lot of things are law or their covenant or you know those type Traditional. of things or their or their commandment yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> that is very good. Oh my gosh, I love how you're just speeding through these questions. Give it to me. Okay, this next one may take you a second. So with you being a more spiritual person, do you think you have like a personal philosophy you live by? My personal philosophy, and I say this to everyone that like gets really close to me, um, and a lot of people don't believe this about me until like I tell them. And my personal philosophy is just simply to treat people good. And because the idea of karma scares the death, like scares the death out of me, yeah. um, just to have bad karma on my plate. And I do think that derives kind of from like the origin of Judaism, because if I were to claim a religion, it would be that um, mm -hmm. because my grandma was Jewish. And then also um, I had a little conversion moment in college where um, I grew up, well, I wouldn't say I grew up Christian, but my mom ran a Christian household in her way. Um, and how she was running the household, I didn't really see it as concrete like it's yeah. like some days God's important but you're doing these things that don't really match to what we just watched on TV with Joel right. Osteen you right. know <laughs> <laughs> so I had a little conversion moment um in college because I was a religion major for a short amount of time I think it was maybe two semesters um I took some Judaism classes I took some Islam classes I took Hebrew Bible class all those good things and the one thing that stuck out to me about the Hebrew Bible class, um, and it, it was kind of shocking because my professor was talking about it one day, um, just the idea of heaven and hell and how that, he was like, heaven and hell didn't exist until the New Testament. So I know a lot of you are in this room thinking that it's always been a thing, but it wasn't. So um, in the origin of Judaism, they believe that when you die, you literally just go into a hole in the ground and that's it. 
So there's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing you'll be damned for in your um, previous, not previous, in your future life. However, Christians say it. <laughs> um, so that's why it's so important in that faith to just treat people good and abide by your own like code of ethics while you're here. So like the yeah. point is to do good while you're here and make the most of your life while you're here. And I feel like when you think of it that way, and this is just, please don't strike me down, Jesus, if you're out there, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you're but, when you, but when you think of it that way, because I feel like a lot of Christians also, please don't strike me down if you're not this type, this type. Um, they just kind of lean on the fact that you'll be forgiven for the bad that you do and you'll be forgiven for your sin no matter what. Um, and that God is just, you know, no matter what, he's gonna love you. Yeah. But they don't believe that. They're like, if you do bad, God will not like you and it'll show up in the form of karma and bad things will come to you if you're bad to people so yeah. just like so it's not even only that i don't want bad things to happen to me it's also my own goodness that yeah. if somebody has an experience with me where i made them feel a type of way that i would never want to feel and sometimes you may not like ever even know that you've made someone feel bad or that mm -hmm. someone has this thought about you like you may have just had the 30 second combo with somebody that rubbed them the wrong way Mm -hmm. But it's important to me to know that that is not my intention. So I make yeah. sure I set my intentions really strong with people and that I treat them well. And that's my philosophy. And if I treat you bad, I thought about it for a long time before I did it. <laughs> and I, I said, knew why the fuck I was doing it. <laughs> and I said, I might be able to redeem myself with this karma. So yeah. Oh my God. That's my little that's philosophy. Treat people good that's it people good I love that nice simple but it it hits and it's very intentional okay so let's get a little deeper onto you I mean we started deep but let's get a little deeper a little more surface so <laughs> we'll rise to the surface a little bit okay do you think you're more introverted or extroverted because I can see you answering this question either way I would say by nature, mm -hmm. I'm introverted and by nurture, I'm extroverted. So, okay, explain that to me. So me as a person and just growing up, I think I, I kind of hold too strongly to like my personality when I was growing up. Um, and it's hard for me to accept that I've evolved as a person because when I was growing up, I was super introverted. I never left my room. I didn't talk to new people. I didn't want to make new friends. Like none of those things. I just never felt like I fit in as a person. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm older, I kind of see why I didn't. Like mm -hmm. I see the things that are important to me that were important to me when I was 13. And it makes sense why I didn't connect with other 13 year olds, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I like to say like by nature, I'm an introvert just because I've always been a little different. I know people say that and it just seems so cliche, but I totally feel them when they say they've been a little different. But honestly, when I become extroverted, it's at that point of nurture when I've made that connection with someone or someone has showed me that they care about me or um, I feel close to you. So the second I feel like we have like some type of bond 
Oh, you see the whole different other side of me. I'm a rapper. I'm a songwriter, poet. What else am I? I'm a podcaster. I'm a C. I'm a CEO. Like you get my full personality at that yeah. point. And then people are like, she's too much. Like Michaela's always really? like, Michaela's always like, that's your fun. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I want to be outside. I want to be loud. I want to laugh. Like, yeah, yeah all those things. Yeah. yeah. So do you think as, like, you've just grown into your extroversion? Because I feel like yeah. that, that happens as a lot as, like, kids. You're like, I don't, I just feel different than people. And then you're like, oh, bitch, I got my crowd. Like, I'm with my girls. No, that's exactly what it is. Honestly, that's exactly what it is. Because I feel like when I was a kid, I didn't know how to accept myself for what I am. And now that I'm older and I have the tools of acceptance and um, just perspective and being able to um, really see who I am as a person versus like who people are around me and wanting to be them. <laughs> I think it's turned me into my true self. So I feel like yeah, I've grown into an extrovert where I love myself, accept myself. So it's easy for me to be open around people. And it's easy for me to show my personality. Whereas before I was scared because I was insecure about so many things. Yeah. Yeah. I got picked on a lot. That's probably why I was an introvert. Now that no, I that think about sense. it. That makes sense. But that's, that's funny. I want to talk about that with your confidence. Like, when do you feel like the most confident? Is it like when you're outside or is it like when you're actually just sitting at home? Oh, no. When I'm sitting at home, um, just with my attachment issues, I just feel, <laughs> I just feel so, I don't know what the word for it is. I just feel really fragile when I'm by really? myself, which mm-hmm. is a really interesting word to use for that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Damn. Hit us in the I gut right there. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I really do feel really fragile when I'm alone. So I'm most confident when I'm in a room of people I love yeah. um, or a room of my friends where, like, you know, my extroversion shows. Um, because if I'm just alone or, like, in maybe like a professional setting I'm confident as well just because I have like a shield of privacy like they don't know too many things about me so it could go both ways like if I'm in a situation um or a setting with people who I'm really close to or people I'm not close to at all because I can be whatever I want to be in that moment so I'm like yeah yeah I'm the boss and I'm telling you this (laughs) so what are you gonna do (laughs) like your dominatrix ass comes out or I can be anything honestly I noticed that the last weekend when I was at that shift um because did I tell you the place turns into like an actual like bar club at night oh yeah I think you mentioned that Mm -hmm. yeah so you're like in a room of people that don't know you um you don't know so you only have one choice but to be confident and really own the room and yeah. especially because I'm about to make this money. Watch this. Okay. So like, they don't, they don't know my past. So <laughs> yeah, I could be whoever I wanted to be. That is so good to know. Is that where you also feel like the most comfortable too? Just like around people. Yeah, I feel really comfortable around people, and I think it's ooh, that's good. I think it's because. 
when I'm around people, I'm able to like affirm everything I've worked on. So like I can be in a room of people that are so different from me and still be myself. And I feel like that's so validating for me in that moment that, mm-hmm. you know, the old friends I used to have, like they could be in a room, we could be at a party and they're doing all these things. And I'm sitting here being myself and people kind of naturally attract to people they can tell are being genuine and authentic. So in these settings where my old friends used to be doing the most to get attention, mm-hmm. people would naturally gravitate towards me to have a conversation with me because they see I'm being myself instead. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got away from that. Oh, okay. So, okay, since you brought up old people, old things, oh, could good. you tell me like, a, it's not bad. Could you tell oh. me like, <laughs> <laughs> like a favorite memory of your childhood now this is the one question I told her not to ask me no it is not oh it wasn't no. okay I honestly don't remember my childhood too much because I feel like I've kind of blocked out most of it because people were just so mean to me as a kid yeah so I feel like most of my childhood, I was just hurt. So, there like, was I never don't... a time, like, your mom just, like, took you out for ice cream just because? Or, like, somebody just brought you home food and you were like, oh, my God, I needed this? And that's the thing. I'm sure many of those moments happened, but they're overshadowed by all the bad that I felt. But I would never remember that. Um, have you heard of, what's it called? It's, like, trauma fracturing, like, in someone's memory. Um, I don't think so. What's that? So, like, I don't think I'm saying the right word for it, but, like, a trauma fracture in someone's memory is when, like, um, they go through a traumatic phase in their life where something specific happens and, like, they lose all memory with anything related to it. So, like, with my childhood, yeah, like, people just made me feel so bad that I don't remember anything about it. Like, I okay, I can say this is my favorite childhood memory was... Still not that good. Um, (laughs) But my childhood memory was when um, we used to go to my grandma's house and we used to play in the backyard. So Mm -hmm. we used to, do you remember the old show, Double Dare 3000? Slightly. You remember that? You know, like the game show where they're like going through hoops and hurdles? Yeah. It's very slight. It's a trauma factory. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, we used to like kind of set up those obstacle courses in my grandma's backyard and like I didn't grow up with um, much money so we we had to create our own experiences um, so we used to set those things up in my grandma's backyard and honestly it used to be so fun um, but then I also think of the times where like my uncle would make us jump off the roof and then it ruins it <laughs> isn't that something Oh my god. <laughs> I would not have expected that. Like I would have thought like I don't know, somebody fell into mud, you know? No, I had to jump off the roof right after that. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my god. <laughs> that's not funny. That's traumatic. That's that's like, that's a trauma factor. Maybe like an eight year old kid, seven, eight year old kid, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
yeah I can definitely see where this whole childhood not remembering anything can come into play but if we leave it there let's get into something a little lighter hopefully (laughs) um what is what do you think your greatest like phobia is Yeah, I wouldn't call it a phobia, but like something that I strongly avoid um, is the unknown. And that could be as deep or as, as circle level as it gets. Like I have to avoid someone if I don't know their intentions. So that's yeah. like, even if I get a new follower on Instagram and it's a girl, I don't know you. I don't know what you want, and I don't know your intention of following me. Oh. You know? Oh, I feel like like I know exactly what that is. What is that? And it gives me, it gives me like the OCD feeling where it's just like, oh, I can't, I can't touch it. No, mm mm-mm. It's like, no, I'm not going to follow you back. You can't be friends with me. Don't comment hard eyes on my story because I don't know what your problem is. Oh. Yeah. I feel like. So when. So when I get a Sorry. new like when I get a new follower on Instagram, I have to go through who's mutual and I have to like kind of do some research on them to see if I want to see if I want to accept their follow request because I'm not <laughs> having any of it. It's like you have trust issues. It's like you're it's like when you got cheated on. You're like, uh-uh, who's this bitch? I don't know her. Is she trying to tell me Ooh. about my man? I don't even I'm not even dating nobody. Who is this? That's what it yeah. is. That's my biggest phobia, is like the unknown. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know you. Why do you know me? Ooh. And it also really bothers me. Like, say if you were to come into town this weekend and we didn't have any plans, that would bother me to my core. Like, what are we doing? Plan something right now. <laughs> You're like, why didn't you let me prepare for this? It would physically upset me. No, that's um, understandable. I think that's it. And my other like minute one is loud noises. I have a really, really bad phobia for loud noises. And I seen a tweet about it the other day. Like, why is the TV so loud? Turn it back on nine. Um, (laughs) Like I will, I will wake up in the middle of my sleep and turn the TV down. Like I hear every- Turn it down. No, because it's hard for me to fall back asleep if it's completely quiet, but I know oh, okay. exactly when it's too loud. Or I know exactly when, like, the show automatically changed to something else. Like, when Ooh. you spent the night over my house and you had that window open, I woke up literally every 30 minutes and I was like, this is this is miserable. I'm about to go to Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Just side note. Okay, I was at AJ's house when I was sleeping in her bed. I was knocked out. I got a Benadryl, knocked out, and I wanted the window open. And I wake up the next day and I'm like, ooh, you know, my neck was a little stiff, so I got up and I stretched, whatever. And she goes, did you not hear all those ambulances last night? And I was like, no. She was like, there was like 50 police cars outside my window. You didn't hear a thing. I was like, no, I must have missed that. Fucking mm. bitch. <laughs> I was just like, I had a fantastic night. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she wakes up sleeping beauty. She's stretching. I've been up since 5 a.m. because I can't sleep with all these noises outside. Guys, I live in the hood, so there's chargers up and down the street. There's ambulances up and down the street. Look, I didn't know I didn't know this location was the hood. I thought it was just a nice area. Nobody told me. 
I guess that's just where I'm most comfortable. I'm most comfortable in the hood, apparently. I loved it. I was like, this is great. I feel so warm. (laughs) We might need to unpack that. (laughs) We do. No, for sure. Definitely the trauma. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is perfect. Okay, okay. Next question. What what are you most judgmental about? Uh, (laughs) I am... I don't know if this is any something different than anyone else's would be, but I'm very judgmental about how people conduct themselves in public and just how they present mm. themselves initially. So I get it. If you're around people that already know you, act however you want to act. But if it's in a situation where, say you're with your friends and there are new people around and one of your friends is just acting up, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get this, it's you. But you don't know these people. You don't act like that around them because now they have a false perspective of me in relation to you. And also, and also, I just like to be really protective over my friends and just people in general. So if it's a stranger making a fool of themselves, I will be very judgmental towards them as well, just because I want the best for everyone. And I see you, Christina, I don't know you from a can of paint, but I know these people are sitting here judging you. So I'm gonna judge you too because why don't you know better? Ooh, have you ever one. been in a situation where someone's just like, like, why are you like this? This is our first time meeting. You know, I've actually been a person in that was acting a fool. Believe oh. it or not. Yep. When I first moved to Minnesota, I went to this party and I got so fucking wasted. I like threw up on my friend. It was so bad. I will like, I, I even look at her today and I'm just like, there's not enough words to, t- to say sorry. Like I, and ever since then, that's probably why I don't go out now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely know what you're talking about because it, you, I think in your mind, you have this idea, like I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna have fun. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's this thing called a limit. Why don't you know a limit? But I also, I didn't grow up going out to parties, doing stuff like that. So I wouldn't have known. But I do now, and that's why I don't go outside. Um, anyway. Yeah, but that's what I'm most judgmental about. Just because I take a lot of pride in how I present myself. So a lot of people will be like, oh, you're so quiet. Oh, you're so reserved. I don't know you yet, actually. <laughs> so um, I don't I don't really know what you're expecting from me. And yeah. also, I'm really judgmental about the things people open up about too soon. Ooh. So if um, I'm getting to know you, say I'm on a date, or this could just be with like a new friend I just met, and you're mm-hmm. telling me about your um, ex-boyfriend, how he did X, Y, Z, I'm judging you because why are you so open about this? Ooh. Oh, I'm kind of like that too. Because I feel like that runs... Wait, you tell people about your ex-boyfriend? Unintentionally. Why? if If it comes up, maybe. Like, if I'd be like, oh, I did that too with my ex and da 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 but it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it comes up in conversation, I'm not just gonna blurt it out and be like, oh, hell yeah. On top of that, like... no I only bring stuff up in conversation but I do accidentally over share sometimes for sure for sure 
Yeah, I'd be judgy. I'm like, ooh, she got loose lips. I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. But do you have like, if that's your judgmental, what's your like deal breaker? With any person? Maybe romantically. We can start there. We can get romantic. Um, romantically, my deal breaker is if our energies don't match. And that's if I'm excited to see you and you don't show excitement in the same way that I do. Like if our like, what's the word for it? Like when an emotion presents itself, like how we, if we display things differently. So I display excitement, like being like, yeah, yeah, and then you display excitement by sending me a text and saying you're exciting. Like, no, like we just, our languages don't match and our energy doesn't match. So that's the deal breaker for me because I will always feel like I'm either over giving or under giving um, based on how we relate. That's a good point. Or if I'm like, and that can even translate into sexually. You could feel me on this one. So like, if you're a super passionate one (laughs) and he's just like a lay back and relax one, not gonna work for me or if you're like a talker and he's not mm-mm. oh no sir <laughs> i'm such a bit i'm such a bitch when i have sex i'll be like um excuse me that's like the only time i'm assertive in life that and that work um but since we're on the romantic aspect what do you think your past relationships have taught you My past relationships have taught me that it's never that serious. Ooh, fuck. Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, any issue that you're having between each other, it's not that serious. Um, the end of it is not that serious. The beginning of it is not that serious. What they say to you is not that serious. Um, just all around, I think. you have to take things at face value and not try to interpret it your way. And I but my relationships have taught me because uh, I remember this conversation and it was just talking about how women try to kind of justify men's actions based on their perspective. And you can't do that because you're a woman. So your thought process is never going to be the same as a man's. And we've already went through this on our previous episodes. So he may be, um, he may be sent you a text that said this. So then you internalize it and think it's that way. Or you try to justify him saying this and saying, oh, it's just because his dad and da, 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 da. You try to dig deep and kind of justify why he's acting this way. So you can kind of give him a pass when it really is because men think a different way. It's just, that's how he felt in the moment. Or he just didn't feel like giving you a serious response or he just wanted to say that to you. Like mm-hmm. it's never anything deeper than face value when you're in a relationship. 
Ooh, that is a good one because Lord knows I'm the queen of taking shit personally. Be like, what the fuck did you mean by that? Right. Like, <laughs> I feel like in those relationships, like people take it so personally, and it's just never that serious, and it's never really about you. Like yeah. in a relationship, I I try to make everything about me, and it never works because it's just not. You're dealing yeah. with another person. What they do is about them, and you have no control over it. You know, and that's why I support saying that what I've learned is it's not that serious because you can't change it, you know? Mm -hmm. So don't focus too much on it. Don't make it a project of yours. It just is what it's going to be or it's not what it's going to be. And you just move on from there. And, and I've, <laughs> and I that's need to hear that. In, and that's even in the separation phase. Like, I think that's when that perspective is most important because people will try to be like oh but if I say this maybe he'll respond this way or if I don't like they try to strategize what an outcome that they want yeah. and it's just simply people will do what they want to do yeah that's it you can't you can't fish someone into acting how you want them to act it's pointless you're never going to get the result you want to because you manipulated that so yeah. that's not even really him because you had to do that right oh oh girl sweet long story short i don't take nobody serious now you're just gonna have to show me and keep showing me and that's just it period um we definitely need a dating episode coming up that's dating less than one already already it's not that serious episode one okay <laughs> okay <laughs> so okay we're because we're coming to the end of our questions. So I'm really going to calm it down for you. Calm it down, maybe bring it back up. Who knows? Where do you think your biggest passion is right now? I think my biggest passion right now is being myself. Because... I think we've had these conversations before and people ask all the time what your goals are, what you want to do in life, blah, blah, blah. And like I always say, like I'm the type of person that I can do anything and I'll be great at anything. But my biggest passion right now is being myself so I can really find my why, you know? Ooh. Because I feel like it takes a significant amount of time to be yourself truly and authentically to know your why than to just one day randomly think about it because you never know the influences that got you there. So a lot of people, for instance, wanted to do trucking because everyone on Instagram is making a lot of money. Their family members said that it's great. So that's their why. They want to make a ton of money and they want to do trucking. Or right. like a lot of girls, they want to be a nail tech. They want to do eyelashes because it's quick money. It's a lot of money. It's good money. Right. Um, so they make that their primary focus in life. And I, I don't want my why to be something like that. Like, I don't want it to be tied to any influence, anything I've seen on Instagram, anything I've seen online, or anything that, that's been done before. Like, I just want it to truly be something I think of. And right now, um, I don't like to really share what I'm thinking um, in regard to my goals, but I think I'll open up today. Ooh, I think I'll open up today and... 
this never happens. Let's, let's go. And I feel like this is going to be a true why if it stays that way for a while. So you always have to test your, I feel like you always have to test your why. Like, is it just a why for right now? Is it just your passion for right now? Or does mm-hmm. it like, or do you stop thinking about it in a month or two months, you know? Yeah. Um, so if this one stays with me, I really feel like I want to go back and get my master's in clinical therapy. Because, right, I feel like I already have a psychology degree. Mm-hmm. Get my master's in clinical therapy, regardless, it's a two-year, maybe three, two-year program. Um, mm-hmm. I've looked into some of them and really dive into that experience because I think where I'm most comfortable in life is sharing my ideas and mm-hmm. having meaningful conversations with people. Like That's where I find purpose yeah. in my day. So my day, literally, like I know I've had a good day when I've had at least three deep conversations, you know? A day? Like that's what, yeah, like that's what makes me feel. I'm just, I'm not surprised. I'm just like, oh, I didn't know this about you. That's <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm surprised. Like that's truly what makes me feel good. Like there's no amount of money that will make me feel as good as if I just had an hour conversation with a close friend about mm-hmm. the things that really mattered, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I just realized that's kind of like my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I do, I keep finding myself going back to conversations that I could be having with other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to spread that and deepen my knowledge and, you know, see what it's working with. Because I feel like that's a multifaceted goal because it ties into what I'm passionate about. It ties into my why. It ties into what makes me happy during the day. And then it also ties into, you know, financially, there's some money in therapy because, you know, there's a shortage in therapists and I'm okay. a black therapist. So Period. really your own practice is a gold mine. So I'm doing what I love. I don't have a schedule other than my own and it's profitable. So period. That's my current passion. That is so sweet. I love that. I do want some more information about clinical therapy because I think that whole idea is just amazing. It's wonderful, but I want to define what it actually is. But one more question and then we're going to end our all about AJ episode. Um this one might sit you down for a second, okay? But it's such a good question and I knew I had to ask you specifically. What is the source of your self-worth and do you believe that source defines your purpose in life? Need to repeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, ain't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a good one. What is the source of your self-worth? Question one. Mm-hmm. Question two is: Do you believe that source that you define your self-worth defines your purpose in life? I think 
Wait, do you, do you know what yours is? I don't. That's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I have someone a friend? Um, I think... <laughs> I think currently I get my self-worth from the different ways I choose to identify myself. Um, and that's just in general. So I think I get my self-worth from being comfortable sharing things that most people aren't comfortable with because it kind of validates my meaning and my place like on the planet Um, because a lot of people like they just they're just living but I feel like me being able to have these conversations and share parts of myself that people aren't comfortable sharing um, really give me a sense of self-worth just because just having feedback and people saying that like your podcast is raw and real um, you guys are funny like Period. Poo. Keep keep, keep doing that. Love hearing the conversation. Like that means a lot to me because it's just showing that people care that I exist. You know, yeah. whereas like I said, and I'll keep going to break back to my childhood. Like I just felt like I was a crumb on the ground. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that gives me a sense of self worth, and it's not necessarily needing that validation from people, um, but it's kind of self validation that I'm okay sharing myself with people. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've, I've been seeing these posts a lot lately where it's like you're doing something wrong if um, social media knows too much about you. But I'm like, I would rather them know real things about me than just see me flashing money, cars and clothes, right. which means nothing to me, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I find worth, because if you see me as a person on Instagram versus one of those people that are just showing their cute outfits and their great figure like I feel like I'm special you know I feel a little special um and then what was the second part of the question because I feel like I rambled no 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 you're fine so (laughs) do you believe um do you believe that source defines your purpose in life Uh, there we go back to the therapy thing I think it absolutely does um because I think my purpose is to really make people understand that it's okay to open up um because I feel like we're in a a society where we want to hide everything from everybody and just make shit look good um but and I feel like we're doing a really good thing having these conversations because a lot of people wouldn't like you know our purpose is to like show the true origin of friendship and unconditional love and um you know being transparent with a person yeah I feel like that's my purpose to kind of like bring us back to reality that we're people like you're a person you don't have to act like everything is fine you don't have to only like tell the good stories like you can tell when shit was fucked up and still say that today you're perfectly fine you know yeah yeah. Like, I just feel like we need to get back to humanity. And I feel like that's my purpose. It's to just be a source of humanity. Like, because I don't, I'm not unrealistic in thinking I'm going to change the ways of the world, but at least to be a source of that. Yeah. Have you, um, I'm not even going to get into that. That's whole, it's, it's a whole religious thing. Um, have you heard of the, the glass jars, the shattering of the jars? I've heard about it, but I haven't read about it, if that makes sense. 
we can dig into it deeply, but yeah, that's what I feel like. Okay. Well, Miss AJ, that is the end of my questions. I cannot tell you how much I truly just admire you, just as like a woman, as a friend, as a little dog mom. I always listen to our episodes and I'm like, wow, like, like I think you would be surprised how much I learned from you and how much I'm so inspired and so I so admire the things that you've been through and the things that you've seen and just how you've grown. So I'm just so thankful that I keep keep growing with you. And I'm just so thankful that you answered all my questions. Not all of them. <laughs> but you answered the ones that actually meant a lot to me. And I'm so appreciative and I'm so thankful. And um, that's basically where I'm going to end the episode. I have my questionnaire coming up soon. Who knows how that's going to go. But um, thank you again for your honesty and your transparency. I just so love you so much. Um, do you have anything else to add before we close out? Um, I think, I think I've shared enough. <laughs> I think I've shared enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, besties, we're going to end it there. Thank you guys so much for walking with us. We hear so, so, so much from people, and we love to hear it. Keep bringing them in. Is it rate us? Yeah, rate us on the podcast. (laughs) Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Leave a review, a positive review. Yes, please not playing with y'all and we are posting every thursday so make sure to tune in and we'll see you guys next time bye Bye, besties for listening